Welcome to the Fantasy Aceball Podcast. This is Tim Kanak, and I am solo again today as we are going to discuss the first base rankings and the hitting F score ratings associated with my first base rankings. So let's just get straight into it, shall we? Uh, We have in our tier one, a very interesting tier one, I think some people would find based on most people's rankings with Matt Olson pretty high up. And uh, I think people are going to be interested to see that our tier one consists of, of course, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is our number one first baseman, with number two being Freddie Freeman, pretty standard, right? But then number three, we've got Paul Goldschmidt. And amazing enough, uh, I was in a industry league last year and got Paul Goldschmidt after 100 picks, which is crazy. Um, I know I get it. His, his counting stats have not been as high uh, being in St. Louis, and he wasn't showing the stolen base potential that he had previously until last year. But Goldie is still showing that superior plate discipline and some really nice power. Um, and we'll get into that with the F scores. So let's start off with our top uh, guy here, Mr. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who scores a 108 F score with a future 112. And obviously, his F score is being dragged down from his 2019 and 2020 seasons because he did not break out until this last year, 2021. He did show some nice stat cast stuff back in 2020. Um, and even before then, he was showing, you know, hitting the ball hard. He just wasn't making proper contact with the ball, um, not uh, lifting the ball. He was getting some barrels and hitting the ball hard, but that's not going to produce runs if you're hitting the ball straight into the ground. So Vladdy uh, is dragged down a little bit in his ratings because of past performance, but I still have him at number one. He's trending up. He's super young, and he's looking like a potential uh, future Hall of Famer type player. So Vladdy has got a 106 contact, which is superb. Uh, He's got a 118 plate discipline, a 145 power, which is tops in this tier, as is the contact. He's got a 59 speed, so he's the slowest guy in this tier. Um, I mean, he's a big boy, so that shouldn't really surprise anyone. And then a lot of these upper first basemen, you'll notice, have great durability. Uh, You're going to see some much higher durability numbers from first base than from catcher or from some of the middle infield and center field positions where players tend to be more injury prone. So Vladdy's got a 111 durability, and that gives him a 108 total with the 112 future score. And Freddie Freeman, our number two first baseman, has a 105 contact, so 1% lower than Vladdy. He's got a 131 discipline, though, so he's got Vladdy by discipline by 13%. And I think he is our second highest ranked first baseman in discipline to one Joey Votto. Actually, he's our second highest. DJ LeMayhew uh, has higher discipline than even Votto. Um surprisingly we'll get into that later so freeman with the high discipline a 138 power so he is showing less power 
than Mr. Vladdy and actually less power than Goldie. And he's got a 66 speed, which shows that, you know, you got a guy here who can maybe steal five bases just because he's a smart player. Um, not necessarily because of his speed, but he's a smart player. And he's got a 112 durability. Freeman, I don't even remember the last time he was hurt. He's been putting up spectacular years uh, for the last five, six years, including the MVP season 2020. Um, and so he's got a 110 total F score and a 114 future F score. So his F score is higher by two points than Vladdy. But I've got Vladdy above him because, like I said, Vladdy's being dragged down by those 2019 and 2020 seasons. Uh, because, obviously, um, if you go back and listen to the F score hitting podcast, you can see that we weigh these players over the course of their career, over the course of their last three seasons, uh, the sooner seasons, more recent seasons, and more recent play in the last half season are going to have more weight, which is why Vladdy isn't even further down. Um, but he's trending up. I've got him as the number one, Freeman number two, and Goldie with a 101 contact, uh, basically putting him around a 270-ish hitter. Uh, he still scores a very high Babbitt, though. And something to remember is the F contact is basically average minus Babbitt. And Goldie, for, for a first baseman, for a big man, he's got some pretty nice speed. So that's one of the reasons why he's got an above-average Babbitt for a first baseman. So that's why Goldie, even though his F contact is screaming 260, 270, he ends up usually being a 280, 290 hitter every year. And also the superior plate discipline helps into that. He's got a 117 discipline, so he's right there with Vladdy on plate discipline. And then he's got a 141 power, so he's right there also in the same range as Vladdy on power. And he's got Vladdy actually beat by a good amount in speed with an 85 speed. And Goldie is, I think, our second or third highest ranked first baseman in speed. Yes, third uh, to rookie Nick Prado, um, assuming he's going to come up this year, and Chris Bryant, who is a first, third, and left field eligible player. So Goldie with an 85 speed, a 110 durability, and he comes out to a total F score of 111, which is actually the highest of any first baseman, and then a 117 future F score. So skill-wise, Goldie is up there uh, as the number one guy. But with playing in St. Louis in a pitcher's ballpark, that is going to diminish some of his skills, which we've seen from Arenado and some of these other guys who have come over to the Cardinals from other teams. Um, so Goldie is going to be pushed down a little bit in the numbers just being playing in St. Louis. And then... The Cardinals lineup is not bad. It's pretty solid. It should be better coming into next year. Uh, he's got Tyler O'Neill behind him. So if Tyler O'Neill stays healthy and can repeat what he did last year, O'Neill and Arenado behind him with Ed, Tommy Edmond in front of him, uh, racking up some steals, he's got a decent lineup around him. So I expect Goldie to put up some nice numbers um, from the two-hole for the Cardinals this year. And he has the skills to support it. So, Paul Goldschmidt, your number third, number three for thir first baseman. Sorry, and that rounds out tier one: Vladdy Freeman, Goldie. Tier two, we've got our number four player. It's Pete Alonso, not Matt Olson. So, chew on that a little bit. Uh, you're gonna see here that the skills have both players 
as almost mere images of each other. And I'm going to read them off together to show this. These two guys are basically the same player. Um, so we got number four is Pete Alonzo, and number five is Matt Olson. Both players have an F contact of 105. Uh, now Olson's got the edge in discipline. Alonzo's got a 104 discipline, where Olson's got a 119. F power, Alonzo's got a 159, and Olson's got a 149. So Alonzo's got a 10% edge in power, and I'm pretty sure Alonzo is a top three or four hitter in all of baseball in F power. Um, out of first baseman, he is fourth with Brandon Belt ahead of him with the power that Belt was showing at the second half of last year. That cranked him way up there because, as you know, and as I've already discussed this pod, the weighing of the second half of the last season is 30% of the value. So it's pretty high, uh, high, high weight on the last half of the most recent season. Uh, Reese Hoskins is actually up there with a 168. And we've got Mr. Bobby Dahlbeck leading all of baseball with a 191 F power. The dude creams the ball. He just can't make contact. So you got Alonzo with a 10% edge in power. Then Olsen with a 15% edge in discipline. And they have the same contact. Now speed, Alonzo's a 61 and Olsen's a 57. Very small. Alonzo might steal one or two more bases than Olsen. Maybe. A lot of that just depends on when they're in base, if they're on first, if they have the chance, if, you know, pitcher's not paying attention. And you've got that kind of speed. You're not stealing many bases anyway. So maybe Olsen gets two or three steals and Alonzo gets four or five steals. That's kind of like what we're looking at in that speed range. Um, and then as far as durability, Alonzo's a 110 and Olsen is a 106. Olsen had had some injuries in the past, um, which puts him a little lower on the dur- durability and the speed, 10% lower on the power, but the superior plate discipline. So I've got Alonzo ranked higher than Olsen, even though I basically have them back-to-back in my total rankings. They're almost mirror image players. Alonzo's got a total F score of 108 with a future 110. Olsen's got a total F score of 107 with a future 111. So they're both average out to 109 right in that range when you take the total with the future averaged out. Um, and I just, I, I think Olsen ha- is, has a less likely odds of getting injured. I mean, Alonzo has a less likely odd of it getting injured. Uh, Olsen, if he changes parks, that might give him a boost. Obviously, Alonzo playing for the Mets and then Olsen playing for the A's. Uh, the A's have the worst hitting stadium in baseball. So, Alonzo's going to get the edge there. And then also, this new Mets lineup is going to be fun. You might have Lindor and Marte or Marte and Canha, some of these OBP guys that the Mets brought in, hitting right in front of Alonzo. He's going to get a ton of RBI opportunities. Whereas the A's lineup sucks. So if Olsen doesn't move and it's Chapman who moves, uh, Olsen's going to be the one guy in a crappy lineup, which isn't always bad. I mean, just look at Jesus Aguilar with the Marlins last year. But uh, I don't like it, and it's a pitcher's park. So we're going to get to our number six player now, and it's Max Muncy, who is coming off of some sort of UCL injury. Now, I don't know if he got Tommy John. Uh, I I think he may have gotten Tommy John, actually. Um, And I don't know how that's going to affect him as a first baseman. He's not going to have to throw 
or possibly he might just DH for the Dodgers if we get the DH in NL next year uh, to start the year so that he's hitting. So I don't really know how it's going to affect him for fantasy, which is why I'm keeping him in this spot until we hear more news and we see what's going on with spring and how he's playing. I don't want to move him because he's been such a good player for the last few years. So talk about plate discipline. Uh, Max Muncy, he's got a 104 contact, so just behind Olsen and Alonzo, but he's got a 128 discipline. This man can take walks. Love him in points leagues. Got to. He's got a 155 power, and then he's got a 56 speed and a 101 durability. So his durability is down from some of these other first basemen. He doesn't have – he doesn't get the plate appearances because the Dodgers like to screw around some, move players around. I don't really remember Muncy being on the IL, but they just move Ballinger into first and then play Muncy at second and all kinds of weird stuff. Um, and that's something else that helps Muncy's value and keeps him in this tier is his second base eligibility. That is really nice having that eligibility of first. Basically he's up here with these first basemen putting up similar numbers with the rest of these first basemen and he's second base eligible. You can't really beat that. So we got Max Muncy is our number six first baseman. And number seven is Mr. Joey Votto who had a nice rebound year last year, 105 F contact. So right there with Alonzo and Olsen, 133 F discipline. That's just phenomenal. But the 159 power. So he's he got Muncy beat on contact by 1%, discipline by 5%, power by 4%. He's 4% slower in speed, but then he's 5% less durable. He's got a 96 durability. So Vado's obviously getting older. He's still, like last year was one of his better seasons, amazingly enough. This guy is a future Hall of Famer in my book. Uh, World Series or no. I mean, like, really, you know, you got to love seeing a player with the same team their whole career, even though I hate the Reds uh, as a Cardinals fan. But Joey Votto, I, I want to see him get traded to a team where he can actually win a World Series. Like, this guy deserves to win. He's just a gamer. I don't want to see him go down with this, whatever the Reds are trying to do right now at, at, in the later stage of his career. I'd rather they... I mean, maybe he, he's fine with it, but I'd like to see Vado win one, as even as a Cardinals fan. Like, let's get this guy a World Series. So, uh, but Vado comes out with a total 109 F score and a 112 future F score. So that puts him really, like, almost in line with these top-tier guys, the Tier 1 guys, uh, even at his age. But with that age and with the risk of the Reds being kind of a crappy team, even with a decent lineup. I mean, even without Cassianos, they still have Winker and Suarez, who is on and off. And then they've got Senzel coming back and Barrero. And who else they have? I can't even remember who else they have besides that. But they're not a bad team. you got Tyler Stevenson, a catcher. Like, it's a, it's a solid lineup. Um, I just don't really know what their front office is doing because they've just never really hit that uh, that spot where you need to be if you're going to try to win a World Series. I don't even know if they, this team has made the playoffs, but they've had, you know, like they had some good teams the last few, some good players on that team the last few years, and they've just never gelled. And really, because of that, I don't even know how David Bell has a job still, but uh, maybe it's the GM. So that might not be he, neither here nor there. Uh, let's get into Tier 3. And Tier 3, we are going to start with our 8th-ranked first baseman, Mr. Jose Abreu, uh, future Hall of Famer himself, if you ask Tony La Russa, even though he didn't play in the majors until he's 30 years old. 
But uh, we got Jose Abreu. He's got a 102 F contact, a 93 discipline. So this is our lowest ranked discipline player so far. And you see that when you watch Abreu. He's got some swing and miss. He doesn't take the walks that some of these other guys do. But he's got power. And this dude is, I think he's led the league in RBI the last, the last two or three years, um, including that MVP season in 2020. So Abreu is a counting stats master, even though you'll see, even in the same tier, guys I have below him are going to have better F skills. But dude is in a good lineup, in a superior position, and he's going to still get those RBI and run numbers. He always does. And he always has a good average, too. And it's kind of weird he does because his speed is not good. His contact is only a 102. And this guy's a 290 hitter every year. And he's got a 139 power. So his power is lower. But I think a part of Abreu is that he hit, he's hitting more line drives. I think that power is going into more into line drives, like line drive singles even, than into hitting home runs. So he's hitting the ball really hard. If you look at his, his stat cast number, he hits the ball hard. But I think that what's happening and why his F power is going to be lower, he's just not putting up the ISO and getting the doubles and the homers that some of these other guys are getting, even though he's a 30-homer guy. Um, but he's not going to hit 40 or 50, I don't think, like Alonzo or Olsen or Vladdy could. Um, but he's, he's a 30-homer guy, and he's going to hit a lot of these hard-hit singles um, and drive runs in. So that's why you like Abreu is because he's going to fill your stack board. Uh, you can't go wrong. It's a good lineup. He's going to have Robert in front of him again. Uh, he's going to have Eloy probably, I guess, behind him. Uh, this is a solid lineup, that White Sox lineup. So he's got a 111 durability, too. Dude's always on the field. He's got a 99 F score. So he's actually below one on his F score. He's got a one future. Just because that speed is so bad, it really drags him down. You'll see that with a lot of these first basemen, is that their slow speed is going to drag their F-score down. Um, and compared to a lot of these outfielders and middle infielders who blow it up with speed and power. Those guys are, I mean, everybody knows those power speed guys are the most valuable guys in fantasy, especially in Roto. Um, and then when you're playing in points, you're going to want guys with better discipline than Abreu. But Abreu's going to get a lot of points just from runs and RBI. So don't discount that when you're looking at Jose Abreu, um, even in points. Our number nine first baseman right below Abreu is Kyle Schwarber, uh, assuming he's going to be a first baseman again. And he was awesome last year. He had an injury, but playing for the Nats, when you know that first half of the year where he made the all-star team, that was the best I've ever seen Kyle, Kyle Schwarber play. And then... When he got traded to the Red Sox, he was a beast. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what he can do next year. And I hope he gets uh, signed by a, a contender um, and is in the middle of a good lineup. And I think after you know the last few years with the Cubs, he's probably going to want to play for a good team uh, and not play for someone crappy. And it would be good to see him come back with the Red Sox, I think, because he, he was really good in that lineup. And so Schwarber comes in with a 97 F contact, which is the lowest F contact of any of the first basemen that we've talked about so far, and actually still is the lowest in this whole tier. So you won't see a lower uh, ranked F contact first baseman until we get all the way down to number 21 with Nick Prado, a rook. Uh, so we have Schwarber number nine. Like, that's uh, not the best for contact. But he's got a 122 discipline, 
The dude knows how to take walks. He's got a good uh, good feel for the strike zone. He's got a 159 power. That power last year was amazing. Uh, I want to see more of that. And then we've got a 52 F-speed for Schwabs. So he's a guy who can steal a base or two um, if he gets lucky. But then only an 83 durability. As we know, Schwarber is not the type of guy who can stay healthy, unfortunately. And with these skills, like, you would have loved. Like, I remember when he was coming up, when we thought Schwarber was going to be a catcher. Like, I was so psyched to see Kyle Schwarber the catcher. But that just never happened. And then we didn't even see Kyle Schwarber the Josh Donaldson because he was really not good enough defensively to hit that yet. But um, maybe now at the DH, coming to the National League, we'll finally get to see who Kyle Schwarber was supposed to be when the Cubs refused to trade him to the Yankees and traded Glaber instead for Chapman. Uh, so maybe now we'll see Schwarber as kind of like uh, J.D. Martinez or Big Poppy mold uh, for the rest of his career. I mean, he's still pretty young. I think he's like 28 still. Let me look that up real quick. Kyle Schwarber, you are how old? How old, big boy? Uh... 1993. This is great podcasting. Uh, we got Mr. Kyle Schwarber as a 28-year-old. He's actually going to be 29 playing uh, most of this year, though. So um, that's actually not bad for DH. He, I mean, look at Nelson Cruz. So he could have, you know, still like a six, seven, eight-year uh, great career as a DH. Um, so there's Schwarbs. Right, we'll get into our number 10 player now. And uh, my drink of choice today as I uh, quench my thirst is red wine. So I think that's going to be a trend on this pod is I'm going to be just drinking a different alcoholic drink each episode. Went from IPA or whatever to Darth Collins to wine. Um, So that's going to just be like our little Easter egg is I got a red wine. Um, It's organic. Uh... What the hell is it called? I can't remember. Our, our red wine or something. Some organic wine that my wife got because there's no sulfites in it. So yeah, that's Mr. Mr. Healthy right here. Mr. Healthy drinking alcohol on every single podcast. Um, All righty. All right. Number 10 first baseman is Mr. Reese Hoskins. That actually really surprised me because I have a dynasty league where you get 15 keepers. Uh, 10 players that are active in the MLB and then five minor leaguers. And Reese Hoskins was on the waiver wire at the end of the season. And I had a spot open for my 10th keeper. And I picked up uh, I picked up Kirilov instead of Hoskins. And I, I don't know. I just I think I liked that he's younger. And we haven't really seen everything Kirilov can do yet. And... Now that I'm seeing Hoskins' skill set, like I think I made the wrong decision. So Reese Hoskins has a 104 F contact, which is higher than I thought it would be. He's got a 123 discipline. So this guy, I think he's always been that way, though. He's always been in good control of the strike zone. And his first couple of years, I mean, he was just a monster. And then something happened to him. He kind of fell off and... He was he was a darling for a while, and then now he's just kind of like off the radar. Uh, like there's a, I think he came up maybe the same year as Matt Olson, and everybody was all over Hoskins rather than Olson when they came up. Um, so Hoskins with the with the one percent worse contact than Olson, 
4% better discipline than Olsen. A 168 power. So he's got Olsen in power by 19%. Um, but then this is what kills Olsen, is he's got a 45 speed. That's like almost, an, that's like zero steals, definitely. And that also means that this guy is going to not beat out singles, because that's how slow he is. So I think that's why Hoskins doesn't hit for a better batting average. I think that he should, he, like his contact skills and his plate skills, there should be a guy who hits like 280, 270, 280. But he's just so damn slow. He's like a 250 hitter because he's, he can't beat out these hits that other guys are. And also, I think that when you watch Hoskins hit, he's the type of hitter who just destroys balls, hits them high. So he's not hitting as many line drives as a guy like Jose Abreu. Like, Hoskins has a better contact rate than Abreu. He's only a little bit slower than Abreu. But Abreu is a 290 hitter, and Hoskins is like a 250, 260 hitter. So a lot of that, I think, has to do with the launch angle on the ball. And then Hoskins is just hitting the ball higher in the air than Abreu, who's hitting these, like, awesome line drive singles straight in the outfield that guys can't – they, they, the ball falls before it hits the outfielder. Um, now – Hoskins, what's bringing down is the durability. He's got a 68 durability. Uh, it's pretty low. I don't know. I think Hoskins has put up in his whole career. Let's look it up now. One full season. I mean, besides that, he's been hurt every year. So let's see. 2017, 50 games. Actually, no. 2018 and 2019, he pretty much put up full seasons. It looks like 2018, he spent a 10-day uh, IL stint. And then uh, 2019, he had a full season. Then 2020... They played 41 games on our 60-game COVID season. And then last year, 107. So he's looking at like two-thirds of a season in the last two years um, after playing a full season in 2019. Um, but it, when you look at his stats, cause he, his first year he came up, I think, around the All-Star break. He only played 50 games. So it kind of looks like he's always hurt. But maybe it's just the last couple seasons he had some bad luck. And maybe we'll see more from Reese, Reese Hoskins uh, going forward. But um, he's 28. He's going to his 29, uh, age 29 season. So he is like about at his peak right now. And he's probably a DH type guy too in a few years. Uh, I don't expect to see him at first base uh, in his 30s. So he's probably going to be DH type. But he's got a 102 F score with a 101 future F score. Maybe him being a DH will actually help keep him on the field. And he'll provide more value to fantasy leagues um, in his 30s than in his 20s. So distinct possibility all right our number 11 guy is uh really i think the biggest wild card at the position and i don't i mean there's a couple guys like rookie type guys who who could vie for that too but i think out of current first baseman this is easily the biggest wild card and this is a guy who could be a top five player in baseball and he's done it before got mr cody bellinger um his f skills did not impress me He's had a couple of really crappy years in 2020 and 2021. Um, obviously, that 2019 was amazing, especially, I mean, I had him on a team, and I remember April, May, he, he was just destroying baseballs. Uh, and But that second half of the year, he did not have that great of a second half. And then he changed his batting stance, and I really don't know what's up with him. Too much tinkering. Um, maybe he'll get back to the to the foundation, and he'll feel healthy this offseason, hopefully. Uh, so we got Bellinger with a 98 contact, barely better than Kyle Schwarber. He's got a 95 discipline, which is barely better than Jose Abreu. Then he's got a 113 power. That's not great. Not for a first baseman. 
So he's an above-average power hitter. Um, but we've seen in the past Bellinger put up. Uh, what did he hit in 2019? Let's see. Did he hit 40? I think he had 40 homers in 2019. 2019, Cody Bellinger hit 47 homers. So, and also his rookie year, he had 39 homers. But he only got a 113 power. Um, that's because the last couple seasons he's got 12 and 10 homers. Uh, 12 homers in the short season actually isn't that bad. But 10 homers last season and 315 plate appearances, that's a 20 home run pace. That's not good for a first baseman. So hopefully we don't have a new uh, Eric Hosmer, James Loney type here. But um, and uh, that would suck if Bellinger turned into to Hosmer. That's like the that's like the floor of Cody Bellinger as being Eric Hosmer, whereas his ceiling is like Paul Goldschmidt. So he, you got a guy here who who's really he's on that fork right now. Is he gonna hit the Paul Goldschmidt career on the right fork, or is he gonna hit the wrong fork and and drop down to being Eric Hosmer uh, for the next ten years? So Cody Bellinger, one thirteen power. He's got a 78 speed. I really think his speed is better than that. I mean, he, it should be. Uh, because back in 2019, he had 15 steals. 2018, he had 14 steals. Even the short season, he had six steals. So he's on pace for 12, 13, 14, 15 steals. Um, but only three steals last year. So he was, he was only going to hit six. Uh, maybe the injury and just sucking at the plate really threw him off on the base paths too. But uh, Bellinger, I think, should have a higher F speed than Goldie, especially at this point in their careers. You know, Goldie's like 34, 35, and Bellinger's only 26 years old. So Bellinger should be putting up a better F speed, but you got to get on bases, steal bases. So uh, Bellinger with the 78 F speed, I think that can go up. That F power, I definitely know, can go up. Um, and just where he's at in these F scores, he should be ranking around like 20. Because when you see down the next tier, there's guys who had better F scores than him. But with his potential, I've got to bring him up into this tier. And there's people who are going to have him higher than me, probably. I think people are drafting him around 80th overall. And I don't know if I'm drafting him there. Maybe around 100. Uh, just take the, the risk on him in like the 8th round or something like that of a 12th senior, 9th round, 10th round. Uh, but I don't think I want to draft Bellinger in the fifth or sixth round. So, um, got Bellinger with an 88 durability, 94 total F score, and a 92 future F score. And um, the last player in this tier, so our tier three is Abreu, Schwarber, Hoskins, Bellinger, and we've got Anthony Rizzo. Uh, I know that probably shocks some people um, because he hasn't been that great the last couple of years. But his skills are still very strong. He's got a 110 contact. That's the highest of anyone we've gone over so far. He's got a 121 discipline. That's still very strong plate discipline skills. That's up there with Schwarber, Hoskins, uh, Olsen. So he's still got great plate discipline. Better even than, than uh, Goldie and Vladdy. Um, but then he's got the 113 power. I mean, Rizzo hasn't been a power-hitting first baseman for a few years now. He's like a 25-homer guy. And I know there were some people saying that, oh, if he played – uh, all of his games in Yankee Stadium, or, or was he Yankee Stadium or another ballpark? But everyone's saying, oh, if he played all his games here, he would have had 30 homers or something. I think that they're saying for that for Yankee Stadium um, at one point. But he's a line drive hitter. He could hit 30 homers. But I think 
at this point in his career. He's more like a 25 homer guy. He's got a 71 F speed. Rizzo's always been a guy who pitch, who you know pitches in a few steals here and there, five, six, seven, eight steals, just because he's a smart base runner. Um, so I don't expect that to change. It's going to be interesting to see what team he goes to. I would like to see him maybe go to. Um, I know they sign a lot of guys, but can you imagine Anthony Rizzo going somewhere like the Texas Rangers to play with Semyon and Seager and um, Young? And I guess you can have Nate Lowe play first, Rizzo play DH, or they could swip swap as they go. Uh, I don't really like that outfield out there, honestly, the Rangers with the Calhouns. Uh, Willie and Cole Calhoun, I really like that. And then they've got uh, maybe IKF is going to play now. Field Tavares, uh, Leody should be okay at least defensively as a speed guy, but number nine hitter, whatever. Um, maybe Rizzo would be an interesting signing for them though, for a couple of years. So we got Rizzo here with a 103 F score and a 104 total. So there's our top 12 first baseman. Tier one, Vlad Freeman, Goldie. Tier two, Alonso, Olsen, Monsi, Vado. Tier three, Abreu. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Schwarber, Hoskins, Bellinger, Rizzo. Tier four. I'm going to leave this tier off with a young guy who is actually scoring lower on these scores than some of these other guys. But I think he's going to continue to improve. Next is Ryan Mountcastle, our number 13 first baseman. Mountcastle, he's got a 96 F contact, a very poor 78 F discipline, 133 F power, which goes a long way in Baltimore, a 51 F speed. A 99 durability, and then a F score total of 91 with a future of 93. And then um, next is number 14, Brandon Belt, who went healthy, especially the last year, which is a beast. You'll see a lot of guys in this tier are kind of more iffy on off. They're not as consistent as the above first baseman, which is why we lead off with Mountcastle because I think he has the highest um, potential out of all these guys in this tier, with the exception of a couple other guys who we'll get into later. But um, Belt, if he plays like he did the second half of last year, if that continues into next year, he could have a really good couple years here to round out his career. Um, you know, Belt coming up, everyone loved his skills. Playing in San Francisco is hard. It's hard to hit, hit for power there. So Belt, he's got a 104 contact, 119 discipline, 171 power, which is insane. That's phenomenal. He's got a 47 speed, so he's not stealing any bases. Then a 76 durability. Belt's a guy who gets hurt a lot, so you can't really count on him to be a starting first baseman for you. I would be drafting Belt more as an outfielder, like a number three, number two, number three outfielder, or a CI, than as a number one first baseman. Um, so if you're in a 15 team league, if you draft Belt, you gotta draft another first baseman too, just to CYA. 
Um, so he's got a 103 F score total with a 102 futures. Um, I think as long he's, as he's on the field, he's going to be producing. It just depends on if he's going to be on the field uh, the whole year or not. And then we've got number 15. This guy's position eligibility is going to help boost him up. Uh, I really like him. Jake Cronenworth, solid player for a second, third eligibility. Uh, you might get some outfield too with some left field reps. So this is a nice guy that, I mean, if you have him, you're not starting at first unless you're, you just drafted completely bass backwards. But um, you're, probably dra- you're probably playing him at second if you draft him. But this is where he ranks for me at, in between all these guys when you factor him in in his position eligibility. Um, it's very helpful to have guys who are position eligible, just like Muncie. You can move around. If someone gets hurt, you can move them around. It doesn't kill you. You don't have to get a waiver guy. So uh, Jake Cronenworth, our number 15 first baseman, he's got a 109 contact, which is the second highest contact thus far to Anthony Rizzo. He's got a 130 discipline, which is higher than everyone we've talked about except Joey Votto. And Freddie Freeman has got him by a percentage. And then Cronenworth, a 114 power. Yep, not great power. And funny enough, it's actually higher than Belger and Rizzo. I think Cronenworth could hit um, you know, he's, he's more like a 20 to 25 home run guy. So I'm expecting more homers from Bellinger and Rizzo than Cronenworth, even though Cronenworth has the higher F power, but Cronenworth, it's a lot of doubles. He's that just like doubles type guy. He's got some speed, a little bit of speed anyway. So I think he's a, he's a doubles type guy. Uh, and, but his talking about his speed, he's only got a 58 and I thought this guy coming up, you know, like the last couple in 2020, when he broke out, he looks like a guy who could be like uh, 15, 15 or 2015 or whatever. But then he didn't put up those steals numbers last year. He's more probably like a 20 to 25 homer. 25 would be like an up end. Probably 20 homer guy with 5 to 10 steals is how I see Cronenworth. Um, he's got a 95 durability. He's obviously playing more. Should be an everyday player for the Padres. Um, so that shouldn't be going anywhere. And he's got really nice skills. He's he's kind of like a DJ LeMahieu. Um, that's kind of how I see him. It's like a younger DJ LeMahieu who is not on the Rockies. He's obviously like LeMahieu is hitting like 330, uh, probably boosted up pretty much. You know, I, I mean, he's a good hitter. Um, he showed that on the Yankees. But, like, I'm sure that some of those batting average stats earlier in his career were boosted by being on the Rockies, um, whereas Cronenworth is on the Padres. So he's got a 101. Total off score and a 102 future off score. Uh, so we got Jake Cronenworth here, a nice uh, utility type player to have on any team. Okay, so in this tier so far, we got Mount Castle, Belt, Cronenworth. Number 16, we've got Josh Bell, who had a pretty nice year last year behind the scenes. And it was on the Nationals. Nobody really paid attention to him on the Nationals. But he had a 104 contact, a 118 discipline, 122 power. And Bell does hit the ball hard. He just isn't hitting homers for some reason. He's Here's another guy, kind of like an Abreu, who hits the ball hard, hard singles, maybe gets some doubles. And he, he should be, you know, like a 30-homer guy. But um, just from the launch angle, the way he hits the ball, the way he plays, he's slow too, 48 speed. Um, I think he's more like a 25-30 type guy, homer guy, um, and should be throughout his career. So you're looking at Bell on the high end, like maybe like 28 homers, uh, probably zero steals, maybe one steal with 
a decent average, like 270 average, 280 average, and uh, pretty solid OBP number. Not not a bad, like, you know, like 350, 360 OBP. So he's a decent player. He's on a crappy team, though. So being on the Nationals, I don't know how many, you know, runs in RBI we can expect for him, from him uh, because we've got Lane Thomas, I guess, hitting a leadoff. And I honestly don't even know who else they have. We got what uh, Kiebert Ruiz is maybe going to be at the top of the lineup, uh, rookie catcher. So that's <laughs> that's the Nationals uh, with their one. And he, uh, Bell's got a 102 durability, so he does stay healthy, highest in this tier so far on the health standpoint. He's got a 99 F total with a uh, total F score with a 101 future F score. So he's a one player. Like, this is like a league average player. So he's a, he should be starting on like any fantasy baseball team that's like 12 teams or bigger or larger. He should be a starter. It's somewhere, not necessarily at first base, but at corner or like utility or outfield or something. He should be a starter. Uh, next on the list is Chris Bryant. Uh, what what I mean like this guy's career, I don't know. He should have been way better. Like he, his first few seasons were great then. In the minors, I, I don't know really know what happened to Chris Bryant. Maybe he just doesn't love baseball. That's why he trailed off. But um, he's got a 97F contact, so he's below average contact hitter. 112 discipline. That's good, not great. Uh, 119 power. So, obviously, we've seen Bryant's power trail off throughout his career. It's going to be interesting to see where he signs. If he resigns with the Giants or if he... Um, goes to a new team, but he's age 30 now. Uh, he, he's, he's the guy that, you know, when we're talking about uh, messing with contract service time, like he's the poster child of that. So we'll see if that does anything for him. But it's been a couple of years. He hasn't had a 30 homer season since 2019. And I just don't see that power from the first couple seasons. Um ever coming back. So Brian's like a 25, 30 homer guy, just like Bell is, uh, with worse contact rate than Bell, really, and worse discipline than Bell. But he's got speed. So Bryant might end up with a better average than Josh Bell just because he's got the speed. Really, I think both guys are like 280 guys with 25 to 30 homers. So that's why they're in the same team here. They're pretty similar. Um, Brian's going to throw in some steals, though. Bryant should get somewhere around 5 to 10 steals, whereas Bell is going to get one maybe uh, so Brian is going to pitch in the steals but he we just don't know where he's going to sign so like when it comes to the county numbers runs an RBI we don't know where he's going to hit the lineup we don't know where he's going to sign uh, wherever he signs he should be in the top half of the lineup somewhere but you know if uh, some super team like the Dodgers or Yankees signs him he's probably like a number seven hitter in some of those teams so um, he's got a 102 total F score and a 101 uh, futures F score, which is actually higher than Bell, but I've got Bryant just one spot lower right now as we wait to see where he ends up. Our number 18 first baseman is Jared Walsh, and Walsh had a hell of a year the first half last year, but then he really trailed off in the second half. Kind of killed me in a couple leagues. I had him in a 20-team league, and he was like my fourth or fifth best hitter, and um, him trailing off hurt me at the end of the year. Uh, big time. So I'm holding something against you, Jared Wash, until you get that fixed. But uh, dude has power. That's undeniable. I mean, that's why anyone drafted him even going into last year, 2020, before he was like a big deal, um, was that power. 
So Jared Walsh comes in with a 99 contact, slightly below average, better than Chris Bryant, actually, then 88 discipline. So he's got a pretty bad plate discipline. He's uh, strikes out a lot. That's why I mean, it's, it has nothing really less to do with him walking and more to do with him striking out too much. And that's why his discipline's an 88. Um, he's got a 136 power, so he does hit the ball pretty hard. He could hit 40 home runs in a season. He's a, uh, how many did he hit last year? 35 or something like that. Let me see how many he hit last year. And he is, even though he's only been in the league a couple of years, he is older. Uh, cause you, I think he was a pitcher coming up, but he's 28, um, going into next year. And he had 29 homers last year, but he could, he, he's more like a 35 homer guy in a, you know, a prime season for him. Um, he's like probably number five hitter, I guess, for the angels next year, uh, behind Rendon and Trout and um, Otani and uh, who's their leadoff? Fletcher, I guess. So he's probably their number five hitter. Um, he should rack up some RBI. He probably won't get that many runs. So that's why he's going to be behind some of these guys, Bell and Bryant, who are probably, you know, Bell's probably number three hitter. Bryant, we'll see where he ends up. Uh, Cronenworth's a top of the lineup guy. Bell's a top of the lineup guy. Mountcastle's a top of the lineup guy. So uh, Walsh is not going to get the runs like some of these other guys, uh, but he's got a 91 F score with a 95 futures F score. Our number 19 player is DJ LeMahieu. I told you we'd be talking about him. So DJ, he's got a 110 contact tied with Rizzo as the top guy at first base um, that we've talked about so far. There's one guy ahead of them who's ancient, who we'll get to later. Um, but we got LeMahieu with a 110 contact a 142 discipline which like i mentioned earlier in the podcast that's higher than joey Votto. even he is the top ranked discipline guy out of all my first basement um now why lemayhu has fallen this far when he's got a 110 contact and 142 discipline is he's got an 82 power so i know he had that big homer year with the yankees but that's like an illusion man <laughs> it's just my opinion man so um you know, I don't ever see that happening again. At best, to me, he is a 20 homer hitter, and that's at best. Yeah, he had 10 home runs last year, 10 in 2020. He had 26 for the Yankees, um, and then the Rockies. He couldn't even hit 20 homers. So, I mean, going forward, 33, age 33 season, even in Yankee Stadium, like he's like a 15, 20 homer guy at best, but he's gonna hit 300. Should hit 300 anyway. Even though last year um, he only hit 268, which I think was a career low. Yes, it was. Uh, besides his rookie year with 37 games played, um, 268 career low. But he should be, you know, close to 300 hitter, uh, 290s anyway. And that's going to bring some, you know, help with the counting stats. He's going to get runs. He's going to get RBI. Um, just depending on where the, he hits in the Yankees lineup. Um, but he's going to get some counting stats. And he's going to hit 15 to 20 homers. He's going to play. He plays. He's got a 104 durability. Um, he should bring in position eligibility at second base, too. And he's got a 99 F score with a 99 futures. So he's not down trending yet in his career, even though he had a bad year last year. Um, probably because the other out of the three years that we weigh, uh, he was going up, up, and then last year he went down, so it kind of balances out. So um, he's going into, I think, what I say is age 33 season, 
So we might be on the precipice here of a downward trend for DJ LeMahieu. Um, but when you look at a contact hitter like that and he's playing in the AL, it's very possible he keeps up that contact rate and he could be like a Joey Votto like for the next few years and keep up the discipline and the contact, um, the walks and the contact, but not hit the homers. Our number 20 first baseman is C.J. Chrome. First baseman for the Rockies. Everybody loves that. I nabbed him in a draft right when he signed with the Rockies last year in a slow draft. And uh, it's like the 20th something round or something. So I had C.J. Crone as my C.I., which was really nice uh, when something like that happens, when you get these like late signees. So especially when they go to the Rockies. We got C.J. Crone with a 102 contact. Very good. 103, discipline. That's okay. You know, it's easy. Like, 102 is better than what I expected for Chrome. But then a 103, discipline. He's not walking that much. Um, he's not strike. He's, he's striking out more than most or of these guys I've talked about so far. But then he's got a 150 power. And that's going to play in Colorado. It's going to play nice. So, you know, Chrome over a full year in Colorado should be like a 35 homer guy. Um, He's got a 52 speed, so he can throw in a couple steals here and there. Uh, now, Crone is always hurt, too. He was a guy with a 77 durability. Something always happens to Crone every single year. I mean, how old is he now? 30? 31? Let's see how old he is. CJ Crone, 32. It's actually going into his 33 season, so he's been around for a long time. I remember him playing for Minnesota and for the Angels. And um, So, let's see here. Uh, the most games he's ever played in a season is for the Actually, for the the season with the Rays, he had 140 games. Before that, he was like 115 uh, games a year type guy for the Angels. And his career high in homers is 30 uh, that year at the Rays, too. So um, last year he had 28 homers, and he only played 142 games. So he's like 20 games short. But I think in, in, in a premier season, like a top uh, top shelf year for him, he's a 35 homer guy with 80 runs and 90, 100 RBI. Um, but probably we're looking closer to like what he did last year, which is still really good. So um, especially when you're talking about your 20th first baseman, um, that's kind of what I was talking about with this tier here is that we have a lot of guys who have high upside, um, but also have lower floors than what we've talked about. And we got a couple of rookies coming up to round out this tier. We have at number 21, Nick Prado, and number 22, Spencer Torkelson. And you might ask, why do I have Prado ahead of Torkelson? Torkelson is obviously the better prospect. Now, I think that Prado has a better chance of starting the year on the Royals. And, I mean, we're, we're going to see what happens with the CBA. Uh, but I think there's a good chance that Prado, Witt, and uh, maybe Melendez all start the season on the Royals. Uh, the Royals are more aggressive. Dayton Moore has gone out and said he wants to be that guy. Um, even though we didn't see it yet with the hitters, we've seen them bring up all their pitchers last year. Even when they sucked, um, they've kind of been up and down. But the Royals are are willing to promote their guys and play them. So I think Prado has a good chance of starting the year with the Royals. Whereas Torque, um, if the way that things work right now with contracts and service time, I don't think we're going to see Torque till May, um, which is going to be part of the edge in redraft leagues. But, I mean, if we're talking dynasty, 
or or keeper leagues, Torx got the edge by a wide margin. He's probably up in like tier two or tier three, if that's what's going on. Um, and we'll get into that score so you can see why. I'll compare them here back to back. But Prado's got a 78 contact, and Torkelson's got a 93. Now, why is Prado's contact so low, and why do I like a guy who has a contact that low? Um, Prado's contact is that low because he didn't break out really as a prospect until last year. And he was a, a very highly rated prospect when he was drafted, and I think he was a first-round pick. Um, but then he kind of toiled around in the minors until last year. So that's when we're looking at a three-year sample size. He's going to have a much lower contact rate than other players. So Prado with a 78 contact, Torkelson with a 93. Um, and the same thing is going to go with the discipline. So Prado has an 84 discipline, and Torkelson is a 101. So Torkelson was showing um, when we translate his minor league stats to major league stats, he's showing about league average discipline at this point in his career. Um below average contact um which is going to improve both these guys are going to improve and prado i think is just his contact and his discipline should both be higher than what these f scores are uh just because he really broke out last year and like i said his other years are weighing down kind of like vlad was at the top of the list um his f scores are weighed down a, a bit by previous seasons now when we get to the power they're about the same Prado's got a 144 power, and Torque has got a 147. These are both guys who should hit 30 to 35 home runs uh, in a season. And then something I really love about Prado is he's got the a 106 speed, whereas Torkelson's got a 54. So Torkelson should be throwing in three, four, five stolen bases in a year with that speed. Uh, and again, Torkelson might be playing some third base too. So that's a nice thing to have. But Prado has got some wheels. I hit 12 steals in the minors last year. And 2019, he had 17. And 2018, he had 22. Um, now, guys do tend to steal way more in the minors than they do in the majors. So probably Prado is going to be more like an 8 stolen base guy, 10 stolen base, maybe 8 to 10 steals in the majors. Um, so that speed is probably going to go down closer to like where Goldie and uh, Bryant are. But it's still nice to know that he can run and he's got some speed. Um, so we've got Prado with the 106 speed and Torque with the 54, which is going to bring his total left score up, obviously, with that speed. Uh, Prado's got a 78 durability and Torque a 77. Um, something to keep in mind with the minor leaguers when we're looking at their stats, trying to translate them to major league skills, is that they are not playing as many games in the minors as they are in the majors. So even if they play a full season in the minors, that's only going to be 70 to 80% of the games as a major leaguer, which is why these guys have a 78 and a 77 uh, durability is that they just weren't playing 162 games in the minors. And especially 2020, nobody played any games. So that's going to affect things. Um, and then, so Prado comes out with a 98 F score and a 102 Futures F-score, whereas Torque has a 95 F-score and a 101 Futures F-score. So like I said, that speed's really going to bump Prado up here on their total F-scores, and that is not why I have Prado ahead of Torkelson, the higher F-score, because I do think Torkelson is going to be the better player um, pretty easily. But Torkelson, I think, is going to lose at least a month, maybe more, and I think Prado has a pretty good chance of starting the on the, the Royals' opening day roster um, so 
that's why I've got Prado head of Torkelson. So this tier, our tier four is rounded out by Mountcastle, Belt, Cronenworth, Josh Bell, Chris Bryant, Walsh, LeMahieu, Crone, Prado, and Torkelson. So that brings us 22 deep here. We're pretty far deep, so I'm not going to go through the scores of the rest of the players, but I will name the players in tiers 5, 6, and 7. And I might mention why I have one guy ranked ahead of another to end the podcast because we're closing in on an hour now. And if I'm going to go through all the scores, we're going to be sitting here for a two-hour pod. And I'm not Joe Rogan, so we're not going to do that, especially since I'm by myself. I'm not talking to anybody. That's a lot of talking for one man. So let's get into tier number five. At 23, we have Luke Voigt. And Voigt last year, people were drafting Voigt in like the top 12, top 15 first baseman. He got hurt last year. I think there's a chance he bounces back into that you know, at least top 15 first baseman. He could be a Jared Walsh type. So he's that's why he's the top guy in this tier. Um, so we got Luke Voigt, 23. Yuli Gurriel, 24. And um, I mentioned before that someone had the highest F contact in this tier, and he's older. That would be Yuli Gurriel, 300 hitter. Uh, I think he's like 38 now, 39 maybe. So he's getting up there in age, but he's still uh, putting up some nice averages. And can hit 20 homers in a year, probably more like 15, but um, kind of like a DJ, a worse version of DJ LeMahieu here with the Yuli Gurriel. Um, next, number 25 is Trey Mancini. He had a really strong first half last year and then slowed down a lot. Some of that might be him recovering still from cancer in treatment. Um, so maybe after a full offseason of rest, he bounces back and has a full good year next year instead of just half a good year. Um, so I keep an eye on Mancini still. I think he's going to be drafted even lower than last year, funny enough, coming off of cancer. Um, so he's someone to keep an eye on. Uh, 26, we got Miguel Sano. You know, all pop, all power. That's about it. Uh, dude has a 176 F power. Uh, so he's way up there in F power. Everybody knows Miguel Sano. You know, even as a prospect, he everyone was talking about him being a 40 home run hitter. He could do it if he ever hit the ball, um, but he's only got an 85 contact. So when I was talking about um, in my F hitting scores, we talked about Bobby Dahlback, who's also in this tier. But these guys who just bash the ball but have crappy plate discipline, strike out 30, 40, 35 to 40% like Sano and Dahlbeck, and then just have, can't make contact. Uh, like Dahlbeck is an 84 contact, Sano's an 85. Uh, Sano has better discipline, though. He's got a 91 plate discipline because Sano at least walks. Even though he strikes out a crap ton, he at least walks like at a 10% clip, I think even higher. Um, whereas Dahlbeck doesn't walk, so he's got a 74 discipline. But then both dudes have major power. So Sano is 26. Eduardo Escobar is 27, who's looking to be the third baseman for the Mets next year. Um, I actually like Escobar for counting stats. He's not great. He's you know a 20, 25 homer guy who's going to hit like 270. So he's very mediocre. But he's going to be hitting in the middle of the Mets lineup. And the Mets lineup is pretty friggin' solid now. So I actually like Escobar next year as just like a counting stat guy. So if you need like a utility guy or bench guy, or like a backup first baseman or corner outfielder, Escobar is solid. 28 is Ryan McMahon, who I think is overrated. Um, 
there's really nothing about him that stands out as a player, except that he can play second base and first base, and he's on the Rockies. Besides that, there's not much there. So I got McMahon at 28, Andrew Vaughn at 29. I know a lot of people are on that Andrew Vaughn hype train going into next year. He does have a very good F discipline at 101 and a 114 power, which he should be able to improve on. Um, but I don't know. When I see Vaughn, I see a guy who's like a 260 hitter with a 340, 350 OBP in a good year, um, 25 homers. I don't see a superstar. So um, maybe I'm wrong, but that's just me when I see Andrew Vaughn. Uh, 30, we got Bobby Dalbeck. 31, Carlos Santana, who still has a great 138 discipline. But uh, he's getting older. I think him being on the Royals, he's not going to get much playing time when you've got guys like Prado and Pisquino and Melendez coming up. <clears throat> so Carlos Santana, 31. And 32, Nate Lowe. I'm not a huge Nate Lowe guy. Um, I liked him when he was coming up with the Rays. <clears throat> He had some nice seasons in the minors. But then when they race trade him, that really turned me off of him. When they race trade someone, <coughs> I'm a Cardinals fan, man. So, like, I saw what they did <coughs> when they got Arosarena. I can't even – oh, yeah, we got Libertor back. I guess we'll see what happens with that. But um, I've seen too many bad trades with the Rays. So, I, I don't know. I'm not a Nalo guy, I guess. So that rounds out tier five. We got Foyt, Curiel, Mancini, Sano, Escobar, McMahon, Vaughn, Dalbic, Carlos Santana, Nalo. All right, tier six. This is our waiver wire tier. Guys who um, are either, you know, bench guys or waiver cannon fodder for, or waiver, waiver guys when someone gets hurt. Uh, 33, we got Jesus Aguilar. He put up some really nice counting stats last year. And actually has decent skills besides that he slows crap. Um, next is Ty France, who has second and third base eligibility, which is going to bump him up. He's way more likely to get drafted as a second baseman or a middle infielder, uh, especially probably a middle infielder, and um, as a first baseman. Uh, 35, we have Pavin Smith, or Pavin Smith. Um, 36, Eric Hosmer, who we previously mentioned in this episode as the downside of Cody Bellinger, uh, 37, Frank Schwindel. I know a lot of people love Frankie Schwindel for some reason. I don't. This dude broke out out of nowhere. Uh, to me, like, I need to see more before I'm going to be buying Frank Schwindel. He got an F contact of 67. That's how bad he was before his, you know, second half with the Cubbies last year. I don't like it, and I don't like the Cubs. So, Schwindel, 37. Uh, Christian Walker, 38. Dom Smith, 39. Rowdy Telez, 40. Uh, I actually like Rowdy a little bit, um, just being on the Brewers, but he needs the playing time. So I don't know if he's going to be getting the playing time necessary to be that top first baseman type guy. But um, just as like a bench guy or whatever, he's not bad. So tier six is Aguilar, France, Paven Smith, Eric Hosmer, Schwindel, Walker, Dom Smith, and Rowdy. All right, now our last tier here are just uh, hopes and prayers. These are the guys that you, if you you're in a 20 team league, 30 team league, AL only, AL only, 
or one of those 52, 50 uh, player draft and holds. These are guys that you're just going to take in, you know, the very end of the draft, your last round or whatever. Hope you might get something. Uh, 41, we got Seth Beer. Love the name. 42, Bobby Bradley. 43, Juan Yepes, who had a very strong year in AAA last year. Uh, killed the ACL. And I'm a Cards fan, so um, I'm very obviously uh, excited that Yepes might be a very good DH for us. Uh, but we need to see more because he had one good year and uh, one good AZL. And I don't really know what to expect from him in the majors. He might be like a 260 guy with a 340 OBP. Do good hit, 30 home runs in a good year, 25, 30 homers. Um, kind of like an Alan Craig, maybe. So we'll see. Uh, 44, I got Jonathan Scope. I'm not high on him because of one good year. I've had Scope in the past. Like, I remember when he was coming up at second baseman. He had, like, one good year, and I was like, yeah, Scope. Like, this dude is going to be a 25-30 home run second baseman. I want him. But, um, no, I don't. I don't want him. So, we got Scope at 44. Colin Moran, a free agent now. Got cut or DFA'd by the Pirates at 45. Uh, Josh Naylor at 46, recovering from that injury. Uh, Connor Joe at 47, Rockies, uh, 48. We got Gavin Sheets with the Sox, 49. Miggy, uh, respect. I, I love Miggy, but dude's career is over. He's playing for money right now. Um, 50, Lewin Diaz, and 51, Evan White, who I actually had thought was going to be a pretty solid player. I thought he was going to be like a 20-25 home run guy who could hit 280, but um, he's been crap so far. So I don't know what to see, what we'll see from him or what the Mariners are going to do with that contract. He's just like, uh, what's his name with the Astros Singleton or whatever who signed that contract and he just disappeared. Um, so unfortunately. So that last year, we got Beer, Bradley, Yepes, Scope, Moran, Naylor, Joe, Sheets, Miggy, Luan Diaz, Evan White. And um, so I want to get back to the top of the first base rankings where we've got Vlad, Freeman, Goldie, Tier 1. Tier 2 is Alonzo, Olsen, Muncie, and Vado. Tier 3 is Abreu, Schwarber, Hoskins, Bellinger, Rizzo. And then Tier 4, I'm going to go to the top 20 here. we got Mountcastle, Belt, Cronenworth, Bell, Bryant, Walsh, LeMayhew, and Crone. And if you want to see more, Please check out the first base article on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. It's live on Friends with, uh, Friends with Fantasy Benefits. So you'll be able to see the article, the rankings, and all the F-score ratings. If you want the Excel spreadsheet, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I'm more than happy to share with you the spreadsheet so you can custom sort as needed, move things around. Um, and it gives you good, so, so, uh, like a nice ranking that has common skills that are easy to sort by if you're drafting you can't you know like you don't have time if you're in a quick draft and not a slow draft to go through fan graphs and look at all stats if you just need to say hey i need a speed guy or power guy or whatever like the f scores are the perfect way to look up and see okay what skill do i need what do i need out of my team do i need someone to, who's going to give me plate discipline is this a points league or do i need so do i need power or do i need speed this is why i created the f scores so that if you're drafting and you need something real quick, you need this skill, you need to add to stolen bases, you need to add this to your team, or your team is weak in a certain area, you can sort these spreadsheets to draft 
what you need. So um, take advantage. It's free. I'm not charging anything for it. I'm just trying to get my name out there. If you like me, please follow me on Twitter. Like my stuff. Uh, give me a shout out at least since I'm, uh, I did a ton of work on this. I probably spent 300 hours on this this year. And I'm an entrepreneur, man. I own a company and I work 70 hours a week uh, in my real job. So, you know, me spending nights when I have two babies, got a, a two-year-old and a three-month-old uh, working on this stuff. It's for you guys, and and I'm trying to um, create a fan base. So if you like me, if my stuff helps you, please shout me out on Twitter. Uh, read my articles on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Give Justin Mason a big shout-out, too, for letting me post on Friends with Fantasy Benefits and for bringing me in there and uh, giving me a chance uh, to get into this awesome industry of fantasy baseball. Uh, that we all love, and that's why we're listening to hour-long podcasts on fantasy baseball. So thanks, guys, for listening, and um, hopefully we'll see you on the next episode when we're going to go over the second-base rankings.